Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you seriously never saw Bound, or... And you never watched Brokeback Mountain, or... How have you not seen Jennifer's Body? Again, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen? I'm your co-host, Caroline Thompson. I'm Carson Betts. And this is a movie podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. Then we go and watch the movie. And we talk about it some more. It's going to be a really good time, I personally think. Um, that having been said, Carson, how mm. have you not seen Jennifer's Body? Um, it, I remember... They, I, I remember so hard when this movie came out, like so, so hard um, because the commercials scared the living shit out of me. Uh, it has been much remarkable. Because they featured podcast. strong women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, no, because I'm like not a, I say it all the time. I'm not a horror boy. I don't like, I mean, certain kinds of scary stuff I can get into, but just like explicit, like there is a spooky monster coming to eat you stuff like just gets me and i am maybe i'm skipping a little bit because what i know about kind of the the cultural impact of this movie is that it is i mean a little bit satirical it is kind of a commentary on gender roles there is like a a that sort of bite to it (laughs) bite because she like eats people but like of course as a child especially a child watching just the trailers for that movie i was not you know, aware of that. I'm not sure how actually scary this final movie is. I'm not really, I'm not really like keen to that, but yeah, I just like, it's just not my thing. I've just never sought it out, you know? I see, I see. Um, No, and that's, that's very fair. Um, That having been said, what do you know about Jennifer's body? Okay, so it's- Also, I just have to say like this film, like the way the film is named uh, lends itself so well to like, creating strange sentences you know what i mean yeah yeah what do you know because the title of the film is just noun and it's not like there's no articles there's no anything it's just like what do you know about jennifer's body well i was watching jennifer's body last weekend (laughs) have you seen jennifer's body the only film um... that beats this out is it because you literally cannot not refer to it by its proper title. That is true. And every time I've talked about it, see, like right there. Yep. Like every yeah. time I've talked about it, it's like it, it, it that 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 always goes up in my brain of like I was using that as a pronoun, but I just said the film's yeah, title. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, go. It it part two. Uh, um, I mean, yeah. It's, so Megan Fox is the titular Jennifer, and she is like a hot girl in school. Correct. And correct. she gets uh possessed by a demon of some kind and the demon needs to feast upon the flesh of boys and she eats a bunch of boys and i my again i i've heard this is uh, we're doing this for pride month there is there must be some kind of queer element to this film how as to how explicit that is i am not sure uh but 
like there's definitely some commentary about gender roles and sort of um, feminism as seen through the lens of high school movies. Uh, the main, the main care, I, I do not know the actress off the top of my head, but the main character is not Jennifer though. The main character is like Jennifer's female body friend. Yeah. Jennifer's body. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very much, it's very much the main character slash protagonist like thing that I would, I would definitely call them co-leads. Okay. Like sure, they, sure, sure. They, they both have a ton of screen time. Um, but yeah. yeah, it is kind of that thing of just like once, you know, once the plot gets set in motion, um, her co-star, uh, played by Amanda Seyfried, by the way. Okay, um, all right. Is the one who is like driving the action. She's the one who is like reacting to things. She's kind of like the audience, like through line to the film. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, if that's all you know. I, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh, it's, um, it's a Diablo Cody script, isn't it? Yes, yes, okay. it is Diablo yep. Cody's Because this Juno. was, I was about to say, it was like, this was not long after Juno, yeah, which, it, it, what a, what a course correction from Juno. Yeah, One, two it punch. Is, it is, yeah. uh, it is the, um, the next film she at least gets produced, the next yeah. film she gets produced um, after Juno. Um, do you know the director of this one? No. Um, it's Karen Kusama. Okay. I know who, her, yeah. like has done a couple things. I mean, this is kind of like her biggest film thing. I mean, she did, you know, she's, but she did a lot of, she's done a lot of TV, but like right now she's like, you know, uh, doing yellow jackets is mm -hmm. like her, her big thing. All but right. um, yeah, so cool. Um, well, if that's all, you know, I, I think it's time we get into our little game. Hell yeah. And uh, sort of, you know, completely unplanned because we don't tell each other which games we're bringing. Uh, for the nope. third week in a row, we are doing uh, recast it for the main couple of the film. So Carson, give me three alternative castings um, besides uh, Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox. Okay. And it's very much, so, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is sure. very much like a, a similar thing of like, last week with broke back of just like uh -huh. oh shit they're just like so like you know it's just like one is just like really this way there's like two defining characteristics yeah. of each character like how do i distill that uh, and like look i'm sure that there is like there are some added there's some some sort of added nuance like within the film that i'm not aware of but like my brain immediately is like okay so this is some kind of commentary there's a bit of like a madonna whore thing going on there's like you know loser girl like hot girl possessed by a demon, classic, you know, biblical archetypes. Yeah. Um, uh, here's, okay, so here's the thing that's like tripping me up immediately is that like, I'm trying to think of like, oh, a Megan Fox type. And like, I can't. It's just I'm like, Megan Fox. Yeah. Megan Fox is the only person who in Hollywood has had Megan Fox's career. Yeah, um, no. And I mean, yeah, it very much is like, I mean, you know, uh, Megan Fox, the you know the latter half of the um, aughts in the early part of the 2010s was Megan Fox, and it was just yes. she was like the only yeah you know I mean like let's just say it I mean she was uh, there's a reason the film's called Jennifer's Body, and mm -hmm. there's a reason she's the one who's starring in it because yeah. I mean for better or for worse whatever um, I mean she was she was an object she was a sex pot you know that was her thing as she's the yeah. hottest woman in the world and you get to look at her on screen being sexy and yeah. i think megan fox as a human being and as an actor has more to her than that but that's how she was 
being used for 10 years. What an evolution, because she's gone from, you know, big biggest sort of femme fatale in the world to like totally disregarded afterthought to, you know, absolute like critical revival of like, oh no, Megan Fox is cool. To now she's married to Machine Gun Kelly and that's just an odd late career. I mean, that's great for her. And and I mean, like, I think, I think too, really quick, just tracking that, I think that's very much how this movie that very similarly, Mm. this film has a a very similar arc in that, like it came out and, you know, um, it was very, you know, it came out and was very like critically mixed, critically mild. A lot of people like shit on it. And then like, as 10 years went by and, you know, uh, as women got to say what they thought about films like this, uh, film kind of came up, like rose to the top a little bit um, in a way that it hadn't prior. When did this movie um, come out? This this film came out in two thousand nine. Okay, so pretty pretty hot off the first Transformers, which I believe was oh seven. Yeah, yeah it was oh seven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she did she did the first Transformers, the second uh, the second one, and a couple small Not things that I've never one. heard of in between, but. You know, it was really Transformers 107, Transformers 209, Jennifer's Body is the next the next release. Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. How old would her? Oh. Oh, is that anything? Wait, wait, wait. Is that how old would she have been then? Yeah, I mean, okay, what, whatever. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. All right. Um, fuck. I might. Okay. Leave. Yeah. No. Okay. Important. So I got. Go the, I keep. I. I keep thinking of ones, and they're like super weird, and like kind of don't work given when this works. I know, like. The way that Caroline plays this game is she's like really good at being like, okay, like at in, in 2009, who would have been at this point in their career with it? And like my brain is just like, ah, people, smush them together. Like, so I've got a couple of weird ones immediately. <laughs> okay. So I thought Amanda Seafried, right? And she was in what fucking weird teen dystopia? Which one was she in? She was the. Mama wasn't she in one of those? Mama Mia. Oh, wait, I might be thinking of um, what's her face. I'm getting her mixed up. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, so in the Amanda Seafried role, we've got. Uh, uh, <laughs> fucking, oh, this is cursed. Why can't I? And now I can't remember her fucking name. Give me a second. First one's going to be battle. You know, it's fucking called Jennifer's body. So the first one, it's the fucking battle of the Jennifers, right? In the Amanda Seafried role, we've got jennifer lawrence oh okay she's a she's a she's got that kind of girl next door thing i mean she is i again because i'm you didn't say anything i imagine that in this movie they're like oh amanda seyfried what a nerd but amanda seyfried's a very attractive woman i you know and jennifer lawrence they do that thing with her all the time she's fucking stupid hot but they're always like uh what just a normal girl she is uh so jennifer lawrence uh the other role, I maybe, I maybe would have put her in the Megan Fox role. You could also probably justify putting her in the Megan Fox role, but I, for this pairing, I am going to say in the Megan Fox role goes uh, Jennifer Lopez, the star <laughs> of Carry <Mary laughs> Me. 
That's okay, right. Uh, it's Battle of the Jennifers, baby. Okay. Um, I love that because let let me the whole hold, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny. The Battle of the Jennifers. Good it's bit. Very insane. good bit. That's. I thought you might have been going there, and I was like, surely mm-hmm. not. Surely it's just, not. It's just. Jennifer Lopez is 21 years older than Jennifer. Um, <laughs> I know than, than Jennifer Lawrence. So I um, know, and I mean, like, hey, it's it's high school, and I mean, like, y'all, we saw Mary. Me, J Lo looks great. Oh yeah, J Lo oh, looks yeah. incredible. So, um, yeah. So okay, so she would have been in her mid 30s playing a high schooler, and. Oh, okay. um, Amanda Seyfried or uh, Jennifer Lawrence would have been 16, but let's, yeah. let's do it. Let's go. All right. All right. With it. Best All right. friends, BFFs. I, I immediately, I'm in this Although one. Although I will say, the- I will say, I will say Jennifer Lopez is actually a really good choice because she is one of the yeah. few people who is like, kind of like almost like as impossibly hot as Megan yeah. Fox is in that like, yeah. in that Hollywood kind of way. Okay. The other one I immediately thought of, and it's just me stealing from another movie, but I think it works. Ready? And I just looked it up. It came out in 2010. So it's actually time appropriate. Ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Amanda Seyfried role, Natalie Portman. Oh, okay. In the Megan Fox role, Mila Kunis. That's right, baby. <laughs> We're doing Black Swan. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right, I'll give it to you. Okay. That's 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 certainly the better of the two. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> certainly the far less unhinged. Doesn't really work, but uh, no. uh don't think it quite nails the genre, the genre flick vibe of this one. But yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay, now I'm like I've got like three Amanda Seafreeds in my head. I'm having again, I'm having trouble like yeah. foxing it. Ah. Uh, Oh, uh, wait, how cursed? Y'all, how cursed do you want to get? As cursed as, as possible. As, yeah. Okay. I'm going to take this. Are you, are you ready for me to take this game and just throw it directly in the trash? Yes. Correct. Ooh, okay. Cracking my knuckles here. Got to get ready for this. Uh, so, in the Amanda Seafried role, fuck me, Marion Cotillard. In the Amanda Seafried role, you in said. In the Amanda Seafried role, because well, because get ready for the get ready for the Megan Fox role. It's gonna be a real. It's gonna be a real turn. Okay. In the Megan Fox role, Julia Fox, Fox to Fox, baby. Oh, interesting, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, Julia Fox has is already a sex demon, so like she wouldn't have to act. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. she is she is she has almost like, well, I mean, as of the whole like I'm dating Kanye West, I'm unhinged arc of mm-hmm. her life, she has kind of like knockoff uh knockoff Megan Fox vibes. Correct. Yeah. No, no, no Wait. offense to her. I don't I don't mean that in any in any like offensive way, but just you know. She, she, she definitely has like, oh, we tried to grow this Megan Fox in a lab, and here's Julia Fox. I I changed my mind. Marion Cotillard sucks. That's a bad choice. Uh Maggie Gyllenhaal. Much better. Okay, that is better. That is better. Gyllenhaal X Fox. That's yeah. fascinating. That's fascinating. I think you are going to um 
I think you're gonna watch this movie and be like, oh shit, uh, they are not using Amanda Seyfried in the way that in the you way that I expected. Okay, because, yeah, uh, yeah. But cool. Well, it, that was our little game. Um, happy Pride. Very cursed. Happy Enjoy pride. the curse. I think um, that, I think that that was discrimination. What I just did. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I think you might have Person committed hate several crime. hate crimes against the LGBT community. Um, but that oh. having been said, um, Carson, are you ready to go watch Jennifer's Body? I am so ready. I am. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in just a second after we've watched the film. And we are back. I was so wrong. I was so fucking wrong. You were so wrong. Okay, before we get into that, I do just want to say, for those of you, I I know there's been a lot of talk recently about like, well, is Carson going to be drinking coffee out of his big Spider-Man mug this episode? Is he going to be doing it? I just want to put those fears to rest, okay? Okay. That's good podcasting okay. right there. That's that's fine good podcasting, podcasting, I assume. Right there. So let's get back to your incredibly cursed um uh recassive. Yeah. Before we do that, what did you think of the movie? It's like I don't know. I think I think I, I liked it. I'm not gonna say that like I disliked it or it was bad in any way. I think my appreciation of it will probably grow upon repeat viewings. That being said, I do think it was like, I don't think it ever quite found the tone it was going for. That's that's like my big critique is that like, and I don't know if it was just me. And again, I think maybe on repeat viewings, knowing what it is by the end of the movie, I will be a little bit more clued into it at the beginning. And so maybe it was just a me kind of being stupid thing. But yeah, yeah it's a little, it's a little bit, messier than i would have liked that being said i do not think it is bad i think it is very funny it had a lot of good bits it had a lot of bit like good like horror horror elements there was a lot of Raimi in there so you know i'm in into that yeah okay that's interesting i that i i hmm we'll hmm. we'll, we'll get back to that because i okay. don't i don't think i don't i really don't think the film has like a tone problem at all i think it's actually okay. pretty 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 like straight across the board okay um real quick i think we can get through these recast hits rather quickly because they are all cursed and i don't know that any of them work but none of them um, win for your first couple um in the amanda seyfried the needy role Mm -hmm. is jennifer lawrence no nope doesn't work and in the megan fox role or the jennifer (laughs) you have jennifer (laughs) lopez which maybe works a little bit more but it works um, more, but that's, I mean, that is also the version where it's a killer teacher and not. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And that's also the version where it's like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I don't even have a way to finish that sentence. This is great podcasting, by the way. Je- Jennifer Lawrence is just, I, look, I'm going to say it. She's too straight to be needy. Oh yeah. She's entirely yeah. too straight. Yeah. She's entirely too straight. Um, and she's entirely too boring. Yeah. And um, and I don't know. I don't think I could ever believably see her playing like meek like the, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, because she does every time. This is one of my big annoyances with Jennifer Lawrence in terms of both her like public personality on like talk shows and also her like movie star persona is that she's constantly like playing into that. Like, oh, I'm just a girl next door. I'm just like normal, whatever. But like. 
it it always comes up because she's like so naturally charismatic that always comes off as like a little bit false. Like you're always yeah. kind of dinging that a little bit. And yeah, I don't think that I, I agree with you. She's not meek enough. For this. Yeah. I, I, I think she's a little too, um, a little too put together. Um, your second one is you just stole the Darren Aronofsky black yeah. swan, which is uh, Natalie Portman is needy and Mila Kunis as Jennifer, which there is absolutely an alternate universe in which Mila Kunis is Jennifer in this movie. Yeah. I think yeah. that especially coming out when this film does, I think that um, I think that Megan Fox is kind of like the perfect casting choice honestly i kind of like put you in a bit of a i put i did kind of put you at a disadvantage because like this i don't know if this role was written for megan fox yeah but like it is so 100 percent like by casting megan fox the film becomes about megan fox like almost like the meta narrative it's almost about megan fox yeah he comes out two years after the first transformers so this is like right no. when she's just she's everywhere but she's everywhere because she's <sighs> being sexualized by teenagers I, i'm sorry i just i literally looked at the cast for the first transformers and forgot that tyrese gibson was in it and then i remembered and i went yeah oh yeah oh shit yeah tyrese yeah. yep he's there yeah. um you know significantly less hungry um than i than i than i normally see him he ate the whole plate I no, can't stop. I forgot about that. That's that's a different that's a different that's a different character in that movie. But, oh, is it? Yeah, that's the Anthony Anderson role. Oh, wait, what, what Tyrese, Tyrese is do? Tyrese is just one of the Marines with Josh Duhamel. Oh, it's been literally like it's been probably 15 years since I've seen Transformers. It's been literally 15 years since no, yeah. 2007 when I saw first Transformers. No, good for you. Um, Sorry, Tyrese. I, I wish that was my life. Um, and then the last one is pretty cursed as well. Well, Maggie Gyllenhaal is needy and Julia Fox as Jennifer, which like that, Julia Fox wasn't really on the scene back then. No, like, I mean, time-wise, that makes no sense at all, but... That it absolutely would have been Walmart brand Megan Fox is the thing. Yeah, is at least at least like the weird deep end thing that like the the way Megan Fox has like in a really cool way kind of gone off the deep end these last few years in a yeah. way that I'm just kind of like I'm like happy for you. Um, Julia Fox wants us to think she's gone off the deep end that way, and I think that um. I think that if you put Julia Fox in a role that was made for Megan Fox, I think it really does just read as like, we have Megan Fox at home. That, yeah. I Well, see, I was going to say the whole thing with you cast Julia Fox in this role. The, the joke would not, you'd have to change the joke. The joke couldn't be everybody would be like, Megan Fox, she's so, like, we're not even considering that she's the one doing the murders. It would have to be like, oh, it's probably Julia, right? She's probably the one murder. She like, paints herself with her own blood and shit like <laughs> like clearly she's possessed by a demon yes no absolutely um so that having been said carson let's talk about the movie G yeah, give me your thoughts it. let's 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 start um, with your any any grand take or broad take on it that you have i mean again my grand take is like and i don't even know if it's correct because my grand take is like i think there's a little bit of a tone problem but i also think maybe that's just my failure to kind of clue into the movie. I'll say that like the, the moment in which the movie became a lot more 
immediately like the, the moment it grabbed me it became a lot more immediate to me was the um was the the sacrifice scene like when the boys started doing the demon shit mm-hmm. i don't know exa- and again it might just be me being stupid my failure to meet the movie on its own terms for the first like 45 minutes but at that point i went oh oh this is camp okay oh yeah i mean like, dude, it's written by oh, diablo Cody. well yeah and again that's my thing is like i should have uh, this is this is uh, i by the end of this movie i think my other thing was like this is the one where my straight brain like failed me hardest because i failed to pick up on the camp until like halfway through the movie um but yeah once we got to that scene it, it got to a level of ridiculousness that I went, okay, all right, now I see what this is. I think also, I think maybe it's a little bit my straightness. And then also, I think before that, my kind of aversion to horror, my much maligned kind of early childhood horror um, dislike also kind of scrambled me on it a bit uh, because the the all the initial like jennifer body horror like demon stuff is so disgusting and played so like it's over the top but it's i i don't think that i quite had the lens through which to view it in the way that it needed to be viewed you know like i didn't quite catch that like oh this is just one step further than it should be in like a classic horror movie you know yeah no i feel that i feel that um i don't know i mean like i i would be interested to see what you would how you would feel about it upon repeat viewings because yes. like honestly like i do feel like i don't know i feel like it's i feel like it's pretty pretty much exactly what it's going for so i mean i guess let's just kind of i mean let's just kind of attack this movie from the big picture because it's okay. it's pretty much the i guess the best way to start because i feel like i i feel like the metaphor of this film is very obvious um, yes, yes, I feel like it is very much, you know, uh, I think I, I feel like it is it is very on the nose and like purposefully so, um, which is maybe even all the more tragic because um, this film was like so misaligned when it came out in yes. a way that I think is like actually incredibly unfair. Yes. And something that I think that my early movie experience with like tracks like straight up because I could imagine like my initial kind of like what the fuck is going on here with it. I could imagine a lot of, um, you know, kind of like straight dude film critics going in and watching this thing and not being ready for it and just not meeting it it's on, on its own terms. And as a result, it kind of gaining bad. Also, like I went back, I watched like two of the trailers and the trailers are not good. They do not like really no, yeah, give you a good sense of like, I, I remembered it correctly. They are a lot more like traditional horror movie than they are. Well, you know. and they are, they are selling it like, that it's supposed to be like, I mean, I do think that this film in a lot of ways is fun in terms yeah. of like, it has a sense of humor and it's yes. like kind of goofy, but like it, it sells it that the, the fun is going to be watching Megan Fox be like, like a, like a sex demon. And it's yeah. going to be like, Oh, you as the viewer are going to get to take pleasure in watching Megan Fox be sexy. When yeah. in reality, the film is like, that's, that's the horrifying thing. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's when she's trying to be a regular person, like that's the funny bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's all of the, the sex, like the, all of the, like the sexual horror is like actually the bad stuff in the movie. And I think that this film was really sold itself on, like, oh man, isn't Megan Fox hot? Don't you want to see her like be hot and sexy? And like the answer is like, well, yeah, but that's not what this is. 
even if you've got an eye for it, I think watching the marketing material, and I think it was kind of my expectation in the beginning of the movie and something that I, uh, during the first murder scene, I went like, what? That like, I thought this was going to be a bit of a rape revenge movie. I thought it was going to very explicitly be a thing where, okay, well, as the audience, we can kind of get on the side of Jennifer. Like we are fully with her, like using her, you know, black sex demon magic to like, just like literally meet, eat men alive. And then the first scene where she lures the guy out into the woods, I'm like, wait, this guy didn't do anything. Like what the fuck? Like, aren't we supposed to be like, oh yeah, fucking, you know, no, and you're not. Like you're supposed to be on Needy's side. Yeah, and then you're and supposed to, yeah, exactly. Here's, so here's like, my take. Here's the, my take the, that I thought. Okay. I'm glad you. I'm glad you took okay. it. I'm glad you All took right. it to the to the rape revenge um, fantasy yes. because that is like a you know that is like a trope in film and especially yes. in like like horror film. Um, mm-hmm. um, this is the good version of promising young woman. Send tweet. <laughs> In that, in that this is a film in which Amanda Seyfried's character is the best friend of somebody who, and like, obviously, you know, the film is dealing all with metaphors and in this film, um, sex is violence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the, the, the teen notion of sex is displayed on screen as violence it always in yeah. this film. And, um, and I mean, it really is, uh, you know, it is her dealing in real time with, with the consequences of somebody that she loves and somebody she cares about, um, being just absolutely like victimized and brutalized in this way. And that's the thing is it's not a cool movie about how like Jennifer is going to go and like get revenge on these guys. It is a very sad movie about how Jennifer is going to go and get revenge on these guys. And it's not going to bring her any closure and it's not going to help the people around her and nobody around her is going to be able to heal. And it is going to just completely perpetuate a cycle of violence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see that. I would, (laughs) that is a very, It is a very correct take. Your disdain for promising young women is one of my like favorite things. It's just that it's really bad. Um, It's it's such a man. That movie's like so almost a movie. Um, Yeah. I will one day give my I, I, I am very excited to one day give my like TED talk on how promising young women and Spider Man 2 are the same movie. That's always yes. been my take is that Spider-Man 2 is the good version of Promising a Woman. Interesting. Oh, it, all oh, hinges, uh, it all hinges on, in the final act. Like it would, the, the day would not be saved had, saved had Alfred Molina not decided to turn to the good side. Um, <laughs> but okay, yeah, no. So that, I mean, that's the thing. And by the end of the movie, I'd kind of clued into that. But right. at the beginning, I was so discombobulated by the fact that it was not that. Which again, right. feeds into the, you know, because by the, it was, I was just like, what is going on? Like, shouldn't all the men be just disgusting, horrible monsters? And like, that's why we're okay. And it's, it's not all the, except for the, the literal, like the literal band of like, like shit house, like sexual assaulting, like demon worshipers. Like, otherwise all the dudes are just very normal normal guys just right, like which i think is i think is like you know i think is a very um important choice on like cody's part yeah is that like i think that you know i mean <laughs> diablo cody was saying hashtag not all men in 2006 mm-hmm. you know yeah, or in 2009 yeah. um you know what i mean and like i say that i mean i say that flippantly but like it's true yeah. it's like you know the uh, my read on the film which i think is uh, i i don't think is anything groundbreaking i think it's actually yeah. just what the, the thesis movie, of yeah. the film is but just 
it's like, you know, there's the whole thing that uh, Amanda Seyfried figures out, which is like, if you don't perform the ritual right, like the demon you are supposed to be sacrificing to will just Mm -hmm. come into her body. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's the story about how like this kind of like violence and this kind of like, you know, dehumanization of a person uh, quite literally dehumanizes them you know, it, it, it strips them of their humanity and, um, and it's, you know, and it's bad. Like, it's not like that. That's a terrible thing. And I think that it's, you know, and I, I think you're right in that, like the film really does, you know, um, the film was marketed as like, you know, come see this cool film in which Megan Fox is cool and sexy. Mm-hmm. And I do think if that's what you're expecting, like you're going to be a little let down by that. But I think what the film is actually doing is like way more interesting and is like, I don't know. I yeah. feel like it's pretty clear from top to bottom. Like, I yeah, no, like- <laughs> having watched it and especially now talking about it, 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 it clicks, but my own stupidity was not uh, letting me get all the way there when I first watched it. No, that's but- okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know, we don't all, we can't all watch Inception and just understand it completely like I can. Uh, yeah, no, of course. You know, whatever. Um, Dom is the director. The director? Dom is the, Dom is the director, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. No, but yeah, but I mean, like, for real, it's like, it really is this film about how, like, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the way that, like, Succubus version of Jennifer, mm-hmm. like, does, like, goes about things, it is like, you know, very 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 uh familiar of like what male predators do yeah and it's that thing of like you know obviously the film is not saying that you know what male predators do is in any way shape or form good <laughs> yeah, but it is yeah. that thing of just like you know this is normal acceptable sexual behavior for men yeah. and it's like and then they impart that onto a woman especially a young woman which i think yeah. is a very important I think a, is a, a very a prom- important part of a promising of young woman. One might say one might say, one um, might say. <laughs> and, you know, and imparting that, you know, level of, you know, imparting that way of operating imparting mm. that, like, you know, propensity for violence in that way of like, just that way of navigating the world is inherently demonic and terrible. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's kind yeah. of like what it's getting at is it's like, it's like, Oh, these are just like, these are normal dudes who like, and obviously they're the bad guys, like, yeah, but they are, they are a group of normal guys who just want to be like, you know, they just want to be like indie rock stars. And Mm -hmm. so they, they, and they don't have any respect for women, obviously, which is very normal. And it's very much like, like, I I think a big part of the joke is how nonchalant they are about the whole thing. Yeah. That's why the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like that's on the one hand part of the joke, but it is that thing of like, you know, we watch that and yeah, it's silly. Yeah. It's goofy, but it's like, nobody is surprised by that scene. You know what I mean? In terms yeah. of like, oh yeah, like that doesn't like that doesn't track that a group of like, you know, self-righteous narcissistic young performers would ever victimize a young woman. Like, yeah, that doesn't track to my mind. Like that well, makes perfect sense. And but then as soon as that same propensity is being carried out by a woman, suddenly yeah. it's like it like literally in the world of the film and liter- and then like also metaphorically in the way that like we have to read it is demonic and evil and unnatural and inherently yeah. terrifying and imparting that cycle is the thing which well okay it's 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 two things it's it's again two very pointed metaphors which is like one 
a young woman actively performing that sort of predatory sexuality is uh, terrifying and, and like clearly demonic, but the approach is a lot less suspect like a woman like a woman inviting a man into that is like it literally like a succubus they just fall for it easily whereas the men being kind of like lightly predatory immediately gets needed uh needy's like you know her ears in the air in the beginning of the movie oh yeah like yeah oh my gosh that, that fucking, and then that that bit right after the fire when um mm-hmm. fucking adam brody when he just tips the bottom of her glass up oh it's like horrible it's, horrible it's just it's it's terrible it's Gross. like it's it's just bleh. very bad and, and, it, like, and it's so like it's it's that thing where it's like I, I i like this film a lot because it is both like that is both so like minor and subtle and also so like blatantly obvious and blunt and on the fucking nose you know what yeah, i mean and like it the- doesn't do the whole thing where it's like it doesn't like zoom in on the glass and it doesn't like whatever it's just, he hands her the drink and then she takes a sip and just he just like the- boop yeah yeah and it's just like and it's it, it's 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 that like it's just that idea that these things can be so unimportant to 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 some people you know what yeah. i mean well and also i i do kind of i liked the one you have to set this movie in like the middle of the woods somewhere like that is both in terms of like the literal plot of like this is where we do the demon sacrifice and You know, movies like this, since fucking Halloween, like a movie like this kind of needs to happen in like the suburbs or like somewhere that's fairly rural. So you just have like trees and shit to hide in. But also like I thought the the immediate subversion of Needy talking about Jennifer and how she is like so much more badass and so much hotter and so much more like powerful and has such a way with men that she does not immediately subverted by they walk into the bar and the guys in the band are like look at that chick such a fucking country bumpkin you know like right the kind of like coasts v like center of the country thing that's going on there and immediately and like and again because they that's the way they see her they immediately depower her and then ultimately dehumanize her but and then the other kind of um and then like the other part of the metaphor which is that like like Jennifer kind of has a bit of because she's like the hot demonic evil high school girl like the metaphor is that she can kind of get away with this behavior for at least a little while but as soon as needy starts exhibiting the demon behavior they send her to the fucking asylum because that's not her place like oh yeah yeah that was the beginning in the asylum with Amanda Seyfried was the moment I went oh fuck well this recast it was not just chaotic it was wrong (laughs) it was I I completely misunderstood what this character was gonna be no 100% and I mean like this I mean I don't know it's it is that thing where I I feel like watching this movie I feel like every single line of dialogue is so like obscenely obvious with like what it is going for and what the what the metaphor or the allegory is but also at the same time i'm just like i'm just like i do think a lot of people need this spelled out for them and probably not a lot of people listening to this podcast but like you know because it's it's just that thing of like i mean it's it is so clearly like you know um a group of men like 
brutalizes and victimizes a young woman who it ruins her life and the people around her can't help her. And even though they try and all they do is profit from it and everybody supports mm-hmm. the men and loves the men and has no, mm-hmm. you know, like, like download connect- the song. It's the official song of the exactly, fire. Like, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's just like, Oh, they're going to donate 3% of the profits. Like what about the other 97%? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, like, uh. and it's like, they just profit off of it and they just, they, they, they have absolutely no negative consequences. Mm-hmm. And then it's that thing where it's like, in the end, it's like, it ends up just like, I mean, it ends up costing Jennifer her entire life, but it, you know, it, it ends up tearing the women apart and it ends up while the men are off getting rich and famous, the women are the ones who are literally tearing each other apart. And yeah. then like in doing yeah. so, and in trying to help and in trying to do anything to help, uh, she gets what institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, and I mean, like you said, and again, because the fucking term itself is so loaded with so much shit, but there is the element of Diablo Cody saying like, I'm not all men here where it's like, yeah. Hey, here's the thing. Like the women bear uh, again, hundred percent of this, but like nobody gets out of the cycle of sexual violence, Scott free. Like it fucking right. it tears the entire community apart. And much to say, like the dudes who are actually trying to help, which, Oh, we do need to talk about young Neil. We got to talk about this guy. Sure. Yeah. Not hit, not his real name, but like also yeah. because he's, that's a very interesting character to me. Um, but like, yeah, like nobody escapes it. It destroys you know, half the fucking literally town. everyone, yeah, literally everyone. Um, okay, so let's talk about what is the name of young Neil? What is the actual name of that actor? Johnny Simmons. Okay, so so this kid, I love him, and I feel <laughs> pity's not the right word for the way I feel about this character in this movie, but like I just always like every single scene, and again, it's so purposeful. Like it is the writing doing a hundred percent of the work, but I just always want to be like, dude, so close. You're like so close. You're like so close to being a good boyfriend. You're like almost there. Like, um, like the sex scene between the two of them. Holy shit, is so funny because just like the way it's staged and the fact that it's like it's this young awkward thing and it's just like not quite working and i think oh and the the fact that it's overlaid with like this is like cute teen like cutesy romance sex that's like uh, kind of sexless like there's nothing really hot yeah. or erotic yeah, about it's it like, it's innocent yeah with the like here's this like literal demon <laughs> Like, like demon feast scene which is like shot very sexily and very erotically but is disgusting and horrifying to look at like pretty good pretty good juxtaposition right there um this kid's face like there is something about johnny simmons face which is like just so simultaneously like so innocent i hate to say that because it's really mean but like so stupid like he can just like tap into that like i don't even know what's going on here thing so well right and i mean and i mean like i don't know i i i like that cody puts in this character and i like that um you know i do like that he is like kind of infantilized in a way you know what i mean in the same way that like i don't know in the same way that like needy feels like even even though like I think Amanda Seyfried was like you know older than than teenage um, yeah. when she was doing this, but like 
you know, in a way that like she has, you know, like the big glasses and the, you know, and like the, the wavy unkempt hair. And like, she's Mm -hmm. always like dressing, like, you know, a little bit too cringe for like the, you know, it's like, it's like, it's in style, but it's dorky. Yeah, Yeah. 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 And it's like, and it's like, I don't know. It is that thing of so many, so many high school, like romances or like sex stories or whatever are very much like they are so like romanticized and like you know displayed as like grown-ups and it's like I mean it's a thing even like mm-hmm. in in media you know in that like you know I mean we talk about it all the time it's like oh yeah like these 28 year olds are playing high schoolers because like it's got to be yeah. like hot and sexy when they kiss which is and like it has to also be legal when you know when they, they <laughs> yeah yeah kissing. like well, yeah um, but like you know it's it's it is that whole thing of like it is really like in a way groundbreaking to have like an awkward like teenage sex scene that is shown to be like the more healthy of you know of like what's going on obviously and like and like and it's and it's like they are awkward and and it Mm. is uncomfortable and they don't know what they're doing and like the thing is is it's like not only is that not bad Mm -hmm. it's like significantly uh significantly preferred to the alternative that's going yeah, on yeah yeah across town like it's preferred that and then also i mean it's not immediately juxtaposed with it but the only like scene that is actually just all the way like sexy is when the two girls are kissing like that is shot yes. in a way that is like yeah yes. and like I mean, that is shot in a way that is that is exciting for both of them. It's like there's there's a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. The tension of it, which then immediately leads into the release. But like (laughs) because you just like I mean, oh, God, I mean, like, here's the thing about Johnny Simmons. And I we both said young Neil at the beginning, because like as soon as I saw him, I went, young Neil's in this. But like They cast him to play the like younger, less attractive version of Michael Sarah, right? In Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which should clue you into just how dopey they can like get this guy to be in a movie, right? Um, that like, like yeah, you kind of get it with Needy how like this dude is like, I mean, he's very safe and generally pretty supportive and like we're figuring it out and we are really in love but like megan fox is very hot compared to this guy you know um oh god when he asked her if she finished at the end of the second that's oh shit like i like i had, uh, I had to pause the movie and just like breathe for a couple of minutes <laughs> like it didn't even make me laugh it just kind of made me be like dude like oh no like fine <laughs> Fuck. But, um, but at the same time, like I think that But like, also that's like such a teenage thing. Like that right. is exactly and like, and like, what the that thing guy is, would is, say. Like, and, and it's like, like it's and not it's, bad. It's just and, like, and that's cringe. the thing, is it's like, but but that's exactly what like I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Is it's like that is not only like you know, the film is showing it as the healthier of the two. It's like, that's how it should be. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they shouldn't you shouldn't quite figure it out and you know, it's kind of weird. It doesn't feel great. And then the guy's like, wait, did you finish? And she's kind of just like, oh, like, <laughs> and like, and, and, and I think that's really like, you know, I mean, what the, the film is like really going for is it's like yeah. that line is it's like, yeah, you know, you cringe at it a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, oh, but that's kind of sweet. It's like, sweet. you know, like, like it's nice. And, 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 you know, you're, you're contrasting that with the thing that we've always, you always see in the teen, in the teen high school, like, comedies yeah. and dramedies you know what i mean it's like you She's you like you have that 
like contrasted with like the one with all of the tropes we know two hotties and go to an abandoned violent house. and yeah. yeah and and it's and it's hyper violent and it's terrifying mm-hmm. and it's just like you know i think it is like obviously like commenting on the way like how are we teaching like literal children like what are yeah. we teaching them about sex and like what are we teaching them about like like what are we glorifying and like what happens and it's like yeah you know there's there's always that you know th- there's always that degree of separation with media of just like well you know like we're we're it's idealized it's fantasized it's it's not real mm-hmm. but like also if you are teaching people like especially if you are teaching children like this is what this does can should look like mm-hmm. like they're going to do stuff with that information. You know what I mean? And, and I also, think that's a big point of what like Cody and Kisama are doing. Yeah, clearly. You, and, you, and you mentioned it too. I mean, there is this, there, there is this thing with, with age and with like adulthood and perceived adulthood and infantilization, which is going on too, where like, obviously just in the way that they make up the two women, like need, I mean, when needy's in the, you know, when she kind of goes full demon, she starts looking 10 years older just in terms of the way they dress and style her. Um, and Megan Fox just looks a lot older in her presentation because she's being fully sexualized in the beginning of the movie. But, and like I said before, mentioning the kind of the line where the band sees her and then immediately infantilizes her too by just being like, look at her fucking like, what is she like 17? Fuck. And they put her in that big coat, like that big puffy jacket. And like, you kind of see her from high up and you just go, oh yeah, she's like 16 years old. Like you kind of right. have a minute of like, oh, this is a child. And right. like, that's the and, thing about which, sorry, sorry, go on. Oh, well, I mean, I was just going to add on. And yeah. plus the fact too, that it's like, you know, these are, these are like, girls in a small town high school like that's how like they see each other mm-hmm. and then as soon as she actually starts talking to the guys in the band like she uh-huh. she like clams up and is like hey like, yeah. i'm just like i am like a fan yeah and also too i mean um we'll get to this in a minute because i think this like sort of thematic thread we're on is important but like mm-hmm. megan fox is great in this movie she's pretty good yeah like she's- the way in that scene she plays like extremely like you know extremely pretty put together young girl who's actually really really nervous and is trying mm-hmm. really desperately to sh- like like she nails it she yeah. nails it in that scene and like contrast that with like what they're asking her to play in the beginning of the movie versus what they're asking her to play in like the more horror scenes um and then contrast that with like i mean it's 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 awful but like you know the um what they're asking her to play in the scene where they're actually killing her I mean, she's she's doing a lot in this movie. That having been said, you know, it's there is that moment too where she is talking to the band for the first time and she just shrivels up and becomes this like literal, like little baby. Yeah. And and it's and it's just like, you know, it does drive home that point of like, oh, these are like kids in a small town who like, mm-hmm. yeah, she's like this big badass in her high school of what, six hundred kids. Mm-hmm. But but you know, yeah. bring in like five guys who are from a slightly larger city and are seven years older. And yeah, she's, you know, immediately yeah. gets infantilized. And like, yeah, and that's just the weird. I mean, obviously, this is as you, you know, spend a lot of time unpacking, like this movie very much is about, you know, the the tropes that we have in both horror and in like teen sex comedy and kind of blending those two things together and, and then just like looking at those in a, in a raw way. And like, that is one of the things 
in teen sex comedies that is always quite weird, which is that like you are in this state in which, and I feel like we've talked about it a lot this season. I feel like one of the big themes, been two themes this season, fascism and also how like teenagers are children. And like yes. the weird thing of like when you're a teen or when you're like, you know, when you're 19 years old, 20 years old, 16, whatever, when you're in that space and you're like, you're like, I know it all. I know everything. And also I am sexually active now. Like I, you know, like, and that makes me an adult. And then you get a little bit older and look back on that. And you're like, fuck man, I didn't know anything. Like that was a child yeah. that was doing that. And like, it, it, it is very odd because as you have said, like, these movies do impart lessons to teenagers and like clearly all of media imparts lessons to teenagers, especially when it comes to sex and sexuality. And like we present sex usually as a very adult thing and as the adult version of what sex can be. And that is, that does not comport to like literal children and the way that they need to be exploring that. And like, that's what you're saying. Why the scene with fucking young Neil and Seyfried is so good. And so like awkward in such a sweet way because it's like way more what or at least what should be realistic you know yeah like, no, yeah yeah uh, boy uh so cypher's really good in this too yeah they all are they're, they're all it's, really good. It's, it's a good cast it's a good yeah. cast um i i think i i will we kind of briefly we talked about it in the first half a bit but like the thing with megan fox is that like i i don't think that megan fox is like a great actor but i also think that she is pretty good and very solid in basically everything she's in and right. because of fucking stupid stupid fucking whatever transformers bullshit nonsense she got you know just so thoroughly sidelined for 10 years that ain't fair right i mean yeah, i don't know i feel like i mean let's talk about let's talk about the performances and then okay. i will come back to megan fox as a okay cultural touchstone yes so Seyfried is really good in this. I think this is, she's my favorite performance in the movie. I think that this is maybe my favorite, probably my favorite Amanda Seyfried performance. I'm like looking through her filmography right now. Um, Cause you're not better than Chloe. She's not like, you, okay. So do you remember like two years ago when Mank came out and everybody was like, Amanda Seyfried's back. Yes. And I, uh, I don't like that movie. It's not very good. And she is uh, fine in it. I, I watched it. It was like, yeah, she's good. Back from what? Where did she go? But <clears throat> like, I, I am a little, I feel much, not exactly like Fox, but much like the, this, she just got, she's in just a lot of movies that are kind of underplaying what her talent is, like what she can be. Like, I mean, fuck, she's, she's good in Les Mis. She's really good in that, but that also is a movie that sucks and is bad, but like she is good in it. She's good. in I mean, she's in a billion little comedies that she's really funny in all of them. She's mm -hmm. good. She's good in Ted too. Another movie, which kind of sucks and is bad, but she is very funny. in. um, Oh fuck. She's in pan. Oh, oh God, Caroline, when are we going to watch pan? I don't know. We, we gotta, go we gotta get at least at like, point. we gotta get at least like eight more references to it in on the main. Yeah. So that then, it can become an inside joke of some, yeah. uh, of some sort. But, um, no, I know. And I mean, like, I mean, like fucking Amanda Seyfried is perfect in mean girls. Yeah. Like she's, she's, she's so she kills good it. Girls. She oh fucking, my God. she she's absolutely really kills it. Mia? Holy shit. Like, yeah. yeah. 
And the thing is, is I do think she's really good in um, both Les Mis and Mamma Mia. And like, I don't think she's even a great singer. No, but like she, she's, she is a, she's performing the hell out of yes, it. And like, yes. as you know, as many times documented on uh, this podcast, I think if, uh, if we did a, a Venn diagram of all of the movies we hate, I think at the dead center for the three of us, it's probably Les Mis. Um, like that's does really Corey, close to the middle. Wait, does Corey also... I think he has a lot of problems with it. Okay, yeah, because like um, I fucking hate limits. Yeah, like. but like and 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 so like everything that is wrong with Seyfried's performance. I say the same thing about Jackman. Oh yeah, like, Jackman's also great like, in that movie. Like, He's so underserved. The, the the everything that's wrong with their performances is just artistic choices that were made in yeah. pre-production before yes. they even got into the room. So it's not their fault. But like. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think she's a particularly like strong, strong singer, at least not in that movie. But like no. she's one of the better people to watch in that film. Yeah. And yeah, she's great. I mean, I love Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Not as much. In, she's fine in Mank. But like, well, that's hey, as a as a as a theatrical actor who is very much an actor who can sing and not a singer. Like, right. The right. Thing, the thing that I get told all the time and that you get told a lot is that like, you can, you can make up for a, a bit of a lack of singing ability. If you know how to act a song like that is in a lot. I mean, that's, I just saw a musical. Okay. So I just saw a musical last night and I, I have this thing a lot where I, when I see musicals or like plays with my mom and she'll be like, what, you know, and I'll, I'll tell her like my three very specific like critiques I have for like a, a one performance in the musical. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. They were just singing the hell out of it. And I'll always right. be like, yeah, I know. But like, there's this section in the middle of the song where they were pronouncing the vowels. Right. And so you couldn't hear it. Like you didn't know what they were saying. Like this one guy, his energy was a little bit too manic. And so his voice kept going off to the right of the stage, like, like stuff like that. But if you know how to perform as Amanda Seyfried does in both of it, more so in more so in Mamma Mia, just because that's a better movie than Les Mis. But like you can make up for not being able to quite hit the notes as clearly and as well. And like to bring it back to Jennifer's body, she's she is tasked with just playing a fucking lot in this movie, like just hitting, as you kind of said with Megan Fox, I think even past that, like Seafried's got to play a whole goddamn range of things. And she does very good. She's very, she comports herself very well in this, yeah. in this fucking movie. Like, uh, JK Simmons is good. Oh, he's great. That was okay. That was another, just the way that he exists in the movie, the kind of <laughs> the performance he is giving and the way that he is made up. Again, post the sacrifice scene where my brain, my stupid boy brain clicked into, oh, this is camp. His performance made way more sense to me after that. I began enjoying it a lot more. No, that's yeah. my song. I was just like, what the wait? What the fuck is this guy? Like, why does he why does he sound like that? Um, but yeah, he's really good. Like it was a, a very classic, like, oh, J.K. Simmons got the assignment. Like they told him a thing to do and he got it. Um, and fucking Amy Sedaris pops up in there. She's in like two scenes and she, I, I, you know, I love it when Amy Sedaris pops up in something. I will never say no to an Amy Sedaris. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, so let's talk Megan Fox. Let's talk Megan Fox. Um, I'm pulling up her filmography right now. Yes. So here's the deal. You are like, I don't think Megan Fox is like a great actor. And yes. here's what I will say. I will say, watch this movie 
And like, I think she's great in this movie. And I don't even think we are allowed to say whether or not I think I can say that, like, I think she's actually a pretty good actor and I think she's actually pretty talented. I don't think it's fair for anybody to say that she's not a good actor because, like, look at what she's been asked to do. Oh, yeah. Even before um, even before this movie, uh, when she was 22 years old, Mm -hmm. she's on an episode of Two and a Half Men as like the bombshell for Charlie Sheen when she's 22. Yeah, that's gross. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and, and it kind of goes back to what we were, what we were talking about in the beginning of this, mo- uh, this podcast of just like, there was almost nobody you could put in this movie other than Megan Fox in 2009, yeah. because she truly did just like exist as this, like, not even like, not even like a sex symbol because like, yeah, she was like, yeah, everybody like agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gay, straight, male, female, whatever. Like Megan nobody, Fox, everybody, up. everybody agreed. Like, like, oh yes, Megan Fox is an incredibly attractive person. Like yeah. that is like kind of her thing. And it's like she wasn't even a sex symbol necessarily. It was just like everyone knew, like, oh, Megan Fox, she's that impossibly sexy girl who's like mm-hmm. in movies, and that is yeah like what she is like she's just a like she is just like the hottest woman in hollywood period and her name it it, i I think it doesn't necessarily help that her last name is literally fox um but like her name became for like a good five years that was such a shorthand for like hot woman megan fox you know like that is your go-to you know your go-to idiom there yeah yeah and like it's sorry go on i'm just no, like and, about and, transformers movies now. well yeah <laughs> and i was mad. just gonna say like like she consistently just gets asked to play like hey like play play like the hottest woman alive yeah and like and like what is what is your character's role in the film well she's extremely hot yeah and like yeah. that's really it and so I don't know. I think that she's doing a great job in this movie. And I mean, like, I think that she, you know, she kind of went away for a while there. Um, yeah. And she was in both I, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. She was. She was. She was. Uh, with her with her good friend, Michael Bay. Which that's another weird thing is that her name in Transformers is Michaela Baines. So I, I, uh, I don't want to get too caught up in the Michael Bay of it all, but... <laughs> This is, look, fucking, uh, Lindsay Ellis has a whole video on, on fucking the first Transformers and how it, it's absolutely bizarre treatment of Megan Fox. But this is, I like a thing. Because the thing with Michael Bay <laughs> is that I think he sincerely likes Megan Fox and thinks that she is very talented and very smart. And so, like, every line of dialogue she has in both of the Transformers movies are pretty much, like, pointed at well she is you know a pretty she's got a good hat on her shoulder she knows what she's doing she's the only person who knows about cars and therefore needs to be involved in the plot of transformers but the camera is constantly being like and look at how just sexy and sweaty and hot her lower back exactly exactly just observe the curve of her spine like and her legs like exactly and it is the most bizarre fucking thing Ever. And like, 
that's the thing with Michael Bay that like, I, I mean, I don't know how much I've talked about it in this podcast, but like I talk about it in real life a lot is that like Michael Bay is an auteur dude's fucking crazy. And he makes movies that are very specific, but if you cage him in the, like in the box of this has to be like a PG 13 movie for families, all of his like, fucking cynicism and like gross thoughts about how terrible humanity is just starts bubbling up in the most bizarre way possible and just gives you a movie that if you think about what it means thematically for a second you go holy shit this is like the most nakedly disgusting portrayal of like human sexuality and human ethics and morals that i can even think of like it is very bad and megan fox got caught in the middle of that shit you know, like it's it, it is not fair to her. It is not fair to her at all. I'm now I'm I'm in the midst of this discussion. I am now more of a Megan Fox stan afterwards because I'm thinking about you should be thinking of how fucking bad the first two Transformers movies are. I think this film is very much playing with the public perception of Megan Fox. Yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, almost the I mean, Karen Kusama has talked about how like they marketed this film in a horrible way to yeah. make it look like it like the sexuality of Megan Fox in this film was going to be like a, you know, like a, like a selling point, like a crowd pleaser. Yeah, yeah. It to like try to bring in straight young men when it's very <laughs> clearly like a film for and about young women. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so I do think obviously they are playing with what, you know, even having a star persona like Megan Fox has means in 2009. Yeah. But you know, I, I do think that, you know, it's really, I mean, this film kind of couldn't have been done with anybody else. Like it is kind of the perfect get. Yeah. I, I think you in 2009 you and it's a bummer it that this didn't, it's a bummer that like this film got so misaligned because I feel like, I feel like this is a very interesting use of her in that role. And there is an alternate universe in which, somebody whether it be you know whether it be Ridley Scott whether it be you know uh somebody you know interesting like sees that film and goes oh like she's doing something mm -hmm. you yeah. know what I mean like um you know like uh if like David Fincher sees this movie and goes oh she's doing something really interesting you know what I mean or yeah. or or just anybody like that you know Paul Thomas Anderson is like oh she's doing something really interesting and then like casts her in not that like you know yeah. not transformers in a, in, a, in a quote unquote serious movie you know yeah 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 and and i just feel like this this film easily could have been a turning point in her career and it just unfortunately wasn't and i don't know i feel like she's kind of coming back out into the um into the you know into the spotlight again especially like even just like in public life you know I mean, she's been doing she's been doing stuff, apparently, according to her IMDb, but I haven't heard of any of this. Well, have you heard of Good Morning with a U? No, I haven't, but it sounds That's, good. Uh, it's not. It, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've watched clips of it. That's <laughs> sad. It is currently the big like laughingstock movie on YouTube. So it was like written by MGK. And like, oh, in. no. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just a movie where like all of his friends are all of like Machine Gun Kelly's friends are like there. 
and it's like a stoner comedy. Oh no. Yes. But like, you know, I guess good for Megan Fox for being there and Hey, good for Gata. Always love to see Gata pop up in something. He's in there. Um, but yeah, no, don't think that's great. No, I mean, I'd love to look, I mean, I'd love to see her. She's in the expendables Four. what the fuck? Yeah. Making a fourth expendables. Why? Apparently. Those movies should be good. Why are the Expendables movies not good? That's a, it's a whole other fucking podcast, but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I feel bad. Yeah, I do. There's definitely, again, I agree with you. There is a hundred percent the universe where like, whatever they, they put her in zero dark 30 or something in a minor role. And then she's, you know, she kind of, she kind of gets a little bit of, but that's the thing too. Yeah. And I mean, it is obviously the game with recast, but now I'm thinking, like, is there a person that kind of fills the Megan Fox role? And no, like that. Yeah, at I least think, not in 2009 and, and not in such a perfect storm kind of way. Yeah, and and certainly not now. I, th- I mean, I think for the better, I think pop culture has moved a little further, you know, obviously with it's not all the way great or like some perfect feminist utopia or anything, but we have at least, I think moved a little far past the, we can, the only thing this person is, is nakedly sexualized. Oh yeah. Thing like, again, I mean, I honestly, I may be the, the best Julia Fox actually might be the, at least the most interesting counterpoint, but her public persona is so specifically different and so much weirder. Yeah. And so much more complicated than like, yeah, and, and, and very much um, a construction of like, yes, her doing and her publicists doing. Yes. That is a very part, like her entire persona is a very purposeful bit of brand management. And I think right. even, even to an extent, I mean, I, we, I was talking about this with my mom yesterday where she was like, kind of getting grossed out by all the, you know, Megan Fox, MGK stuff. And I was like, look, here's the thing. One, I don't give a shit about their relationship. I just don't care. Two, None of that is real. That is very clearly a very carefully constructed thing that they are doing. That is an art exhibit that they are that they are like building in front of our eyes for the sake of like selling Machine Gun Kelly's shitty new album. Like, you know, like, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It is a weird thing to think about to cast your mind back to that point in which Megan Fox is that is that shorthand is that like thing and to think that like yeah that doesn't really exist anymore i mean right well i mean i i I literally just googled like 2020s actresses to just like get a list of like people who we could mm -hmm. and i found an article that's the 13 hottest actresses of the 2020s and like while most of them are very beautiful people Mm -hmm. it's like Ana de Armas, Scarlett Johansson, Janelle Monet, Elizabeth Moss, Lupita Nyong'o, mm-hmm. Florence Pugh, like Margot Robbie, Saoirse Ronan, Eliza Scanlon, Kristen Stewart, Charlize Theron, Zendaya, like all of these people who are known for like kind of being extremely competent on screen. And like, yes, Mar- they're they're very like they're they're very pretty people, but like, you know, they are carrying movies in which they are, you know, Maybe, maybe even to an extent, you know, too much the like yeah. stone cold bitch HBIC type for some of yeah. them, but like, yeah. still, like it's, I, I mean, I, it just, it pops in. I, I was thinking Ana de Armas because I'm like, Ana de Armas literally is going to be in a movie where she plays Marilyn Monroe, which like, that's, you know, it's, it's, we can do that biopic of Marilyn Monroe now with the hindsight of like, oh yeah, the way that Marilyn Monroe existed in the culture was weird. And then like yeah. Margot Robbie may be the only one that's even close. Like she is 
known for being just like, oh my God, she's so stunningly gorgeous. But right. her breakout role was Wolf of Wall Street in which already we were playing with the idea of like, what does Margot Robbie being this stunningly gorgeous woman with a Brooklyn accent even mean in the concept of this movie? Right. Like, and then, and then you know, her next big thing is I, Tanya, in which yeah. she, you know, Very is serious Oscar bait, like like a, yeah. a well not even all that serious but just like just like she's playing like a bizarre character yes, like a yes. caricature of a person like she is yes and and you know same thing too like you know with harley quinn it's yeah. like it's like she's gotten so much like street cred almost for sticking with that role and like using yeah. her power as the star she's like contracted to do 10 of these things mm-hmm. to like sink her teeth in and like get birds of prey produced you know what i mean like make her a more quote-unquote like fleshed out character in the suicide squad you know like like she is she is known for being you know like a smart person with like goals and ambitions and like things that she's doing in a way that just like you know megan fox just was not allowed to be 13 years ago yeah and like you can't like, obviously, I mean, not the Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squad, very different thing. Another movie in which I think, kind of like Transformers, a lot of the writing is about how she's an interesting character with a personality and the camera work is like, look at her butt. Right. But, but like both, I mean, look, but both like Kathy on and James Gunn and Margot Robbie being one of the like, I mean, look, it's as you were saying, it's very publicly known that like she's very involved in the construction of that character. Like those people all understand, look, part of the thing with Harley Quinn is that she's like out supposed to be outrageously hot. But part of the, but the other thing about Harley Quinn is that she fully owns her own sexuality. Like right. that's, that's part of the fantasy of that character. Like, yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. I'm now I'm just like sad about Megan Fox. I feel no, me too. Me now. too. It's, and it's just like, you know, I, I, she's, she, she's not the first and she won't be the last, yeah. but like it's, it's unfortunate. I now, I, I must needs be remarked because like three people are always constantly telling me that she's good in New Girl. I have like four friends who are always like, you know, she was in New Girl for like two seasons and she was really good. So I don't, I don't know that firsthand, but that's what I was told. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Carson, any final thoughts on Jennifer's um, body? This movie is uh, good. I don't, again, I don't know if my, like, sort of me thinking it's a little all over the place are just my weird first viewing of that movie and my failure to understand it. I think it is, but I think it is. But I also think that that kind of, again, I think that elucidates something about, again, just I, I, uh, 10 years on, I had an idea in my head. It's, it's actually recast. It became a very good game for this because clearly that demonstrates that I had no idea what this thing was supposed to be. Right. The marketing did such a poor job of giving it to me that when I started watching it, I was like, what the fuck's going on here for the first half of the movie. Right. But yeah. And I do, I think it's a movie that I, you know, I, I like, and I appreciate, I will probably grow to enjoy much more upon repeat, repeat watchings. Um, Seafried's, very good. Get her more work that's not Mank. I would like to see her in something that is not Mank. Yes. Yes. Well, that having been said, uh, that's Jennifer's body. So Jennifer. <laughs> I know, I know. I said it up top. This is other than the film It, this is uh, like the strangest film to put into a sentence when you're trying to yeah. discuss it. Yeah. Um, 
that having been said, Corey, do you want to tell the nice people on the internet where they can find us? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review also really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash HHYNSpod. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and TikTok at HHYNSpod. A special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash HHYNSpod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks. Like I said, if you're interested in hearing more, please visit patreon.com slash HHYNSpod. And then next week, next uh, week, we are bad at planning and we simultaneously said, oh, we should do a pride series. And also we need to take July off. So, and also we had a third idea of like, this is how we should close the season. <laughs> so Jennifer's body officially marks the end of our pride series. Uh, if you want to go, if you, if you, if you would like to get more queer Mm -hmm. how have you not seen content follow us on patreon Mm -hmm. and go find our episode we did back in i think march about twilight because i have a huge queer read of the og twilight the Catherine hardwick twilight Mm -hmm. that um that uh if you want to if you want to hear us hashtag get gay uh, which is (laughs) a good read that i talk about all the time Thank you. Oh, yeah, that's I, so do. Nice. I, I tell my friends that all the time. Like, you need to watch the first Twilight with this thing in your if, in your brain, and it will change the way you watch the movie. Oh wait, that's literally so nice. Yeah, I, yeah, of course. That's, that's so kind. Thank you, oh, Carson. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, but uh, so next week, Carson, why why don't you tell why don't you tell the folks uh, what we're doing next Jesus week Christ. as the well, official end of <laughs> at the, at the official beginning of No Longer Pride? We're we're losing our minds because we already recorded it, so we know what's we know what's going to happen, but. Fucking so over on Patreon, Caroline has seen the first three movies in the Twilight Saga, Twilight, New Moon, and Eclipse. Eclipse. So we spent three months doing big old episodes where we unpack all three of those movies in order to ramp up to our season finale in which we will be discussing a movie Caroline has not seen, the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1, with the promise that we will be coming back next season to close it out, to end the Twilight Saga, to put a, a, a stake through its fucking heart with the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. So next week, if you want to hear us absolutely lose our goddamn minds talking about the Twilight movies, please come join us. We would yes, love to and have I would, you. I would, I would highly recommend uh, checking, yeah. heading over to Patreon. You can get our Twilight episodes for, I believe, just $1. Yeah, for like a buck. Pay a buck, listen to all those because there's a lot of, we get into it. We yeah, get so into I, it. I would highly recommend that. We've got mm-hmm. all three of the first, uh, of the first three films um, up on our Patreon right now and um, highly encourage that. And we'll see you guys next week when we talk the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part one. See you guys.